Fishing like a local isn't just about catching fish. It's about connecting with the environment and the people who call it home. It's about hearing the stories and traditions that have been passed down for generations and sharing unforgettable moments with the people you meet along the way. Fishing like a local is having an experience that stays with you forever. And with Fishing Booker, you can experience it too, no matter where you are. Discover your next adventure on Fishing Booker. This upcoming concert season will be all about the boots, and Tecovis is your stop for the best in Western style. Tecovis has seasonal and limited edition offerings this spring and summer, including men's and women's boots, apparel, hats, bags, and more. All Tecovis boots are made by hand in a time-honored tradition with timeless styles that are always on trend. And Tecovis has first wear comfort with little to no break-in period. It's hard to find this level of comfort paired with this level of style. Stop by your local Tacova store, have a complimentary drink or two, that's WCB style, and shop new styles. The smell of fresh leather and friendly staff are at your service. Many stores even have leather custom branding to make your boots truly personalized. And with regular live music and events, there's no in-store experience like it. If you can't make it into a store, just visit tecovas.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com. They offer free shipping on all boots, as well as free returns and exchanges, and ship right to your door. Go to tecovis.com and find your new favorite pair of boots today. Yak Gadget, made in America, based outside of Nashville, Tennessee. Yak Gadget offers all kinds of storage accessories, quick mount motor mounts, anchor systems, track mounted accessories, even paddles. Go to yakgadget.com and get your kayak decked out for your next trip out on the water. The 153 Bay Company, based in Troy, Ohio, make everything from plastics to custom painted hard baits. Hook them hard and hook them off. All of our baits are made to order and all of our hard baits are hand painted to order. So go to the153anglers.com to place your order today. Based in Santa Ana, California, Biolano Power provides the highest performance lithium-ion phosphate batteries for the marine market. These batteries are one quarter the weight of sealed lead acid batteries, provide over 2,000 to 3,000 charge cycles, and a 10-plus year service life. These batteries can be used for any deep cycle application, including running fish finders, trolling motors, live wells, and LED lights. For more information, visit BioNOPower.com. That's B-I-O-E-N-N-O-P-O-W-E-R.com or contact dealers nationwide. Welcome to the Paddle and Fin Podcast Network. This is the final cast segment with your hosts, Brad Hicks and Josh Eldridge, where we cast our final opinions on all products good and bad. Welcome to the final cast. What is going on, everybody? Welcome back to the final cast. I'm Josh. I'm Brad. And tonight we have two guests, the owners from Yak Rods. We have Scott Oliver. <laughs> hey, Scott, what's up? Hi. Hey, doing good. How are you? I'm doing well, doing well. We have Tandy Foyle as well. And I want to welcome both of you to the show. Thank you for taking the time to speak with us. How are you guys doing? Doing great. Thanks for having us on. Good. Awesome. So like I just previously mentioned, uh, these are the owners of Yak Rods. Um, they reached out to us in regards to wanting to do an episode. And I thought it was uh, obviously fitting since we are a kayak fishing podcast to have them on. Um, you guys are making rods specialized for kayak fishing. And I'm excited. I'm super excited to talk to you guys. Uh, I've been taking a look at the rods. Uh, they're high quality rods. And so I think we'll get into it. Um, first off, Tandy, you want to go ahead and introduce yourself? Tell us uh, how what got you into kayak fishing? Sure. Um, I am a wife and mother. I have seven kids. Um, we started having kids at 19, but our youngest two boys really love to fish. Um, so we wanted to get them competitively, but we couldn't afford a boat. So we started kayak fishing and it's just gone from there. I think we've been kayak fishing for mm, 10 years now with the boys. Mm. So yeah, we love it. It's, it's a fam It's our family sport. The boys were actually in soccer and organized sports, but, um, the rest of the family just kind of had to sit on the sidelines and 
you know, be drug around to all these different practices. So we got into fishing because everybody could do it. Yeah. So, yeah. I want to ask real quick, just because you said you've been in kayaks for 10 years, how, how much has it changed since you first started? Um, well, a lot, a lot for <laughs> us. Um, we started in these little yard sale kayaks. In fact, I still use our barbell for my anchor just for nostalgia. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but, but yeah, it's changed a lot. Awesome. Cool. Awesome. And where do you live at? Um, I live in Hayden, Idaho. Okay. Um, yep. Are you familiar with where that's at? Not at all. I mean, I know where Idaho is, but <laughs> me and people, Josh people are in get, Ohio. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Well, people get Idaho and Ohio mixed up a lot. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Funny. It's it, we're on the Panhandle of Idaho, kind of up north by Canada. Okay. Okay. Yeah, that's. I bet there's some awesome smallmouth fishing up there. We have world class smallmouth fishing. Um, yeah. It's kind of a secret. People really don't know about it. Lake Ponderay is world class. I mean, it's it's pretty stellar to be out on that water and get big ones constantly. Yeah, I know. I'm jealous. I, I know, see well, I, I know about it. I know about the smallmouth up there just because we had David Foyt from NRS on our show once, and oh, nice. he, he was talking about it. Yeah, Brandon Polinick. I mean, he grew up right around the corner from where I live. So, Very yep. Cool. Scott, you want to introduce yourself? Tell us how you got into the kayak fishing game. Yeah, so I'm Scott Oliver. Um, you know, I've been fishing since I was a little kid, honestly. And uh, uh, coming up here, so I moved up to North Idaho. You know, I'm right outside. I'm in Coeur d'Alene, so it's the next city over from Tandy. Um, and I moved up here in 2011 and decided, you know, I was a bank fisherman pretty much my entire life. Anytime I can get out in the water on a boat or something like that, I would. But uh, for the most part, it was just kind of uh, always dreaming about getting out there, getting out there. And uh, I think it was uh, like a Greg Blanchard video I stumbled across and, and didn't even know that this whole kind of, you know, world of kayak fishing was was available to you. And that it was something that could get you out there and get you away from the bank and exploring the water. Um, so, you know, after doing probably way too much research on the perfect kayak and there is there is never a perfect kayak, but um it uh, finally decided to <laughs> finally decided. Well, I don't know. Now that I got the Hobie, I might say it might be the perfect kayak. But yeah. Uh, <laughs> but uh, no, uh, you know, finally got out there um, and and started kayak fishing. So I've been doing it for about, like I said, about five years or so now, um, and just love it. Absolutely love it. Awesome. Scott's a firefighter, by the way. He's always so humble, but he has a really important other job. Yeah, cool. One, yeah. Of, one of one of our own hosts is a firefighter in Chicago. So, yeah. oh, nice. Shout, shout out to JP. But um, so let's skip the story on how Yak Rods got formed and where you guys came up with that idea. Yeah. So um, I guess kind of. I guess to tell the story, uh, we, so it was myself, Tandy, and uh, another gentleman, uh, Jim Cross, had kind of formed a uh, local circuit here, and we're trying to promote kayak fishing here in the area, um, trying to, we had a club that had just kind of closed down after a little while, and we were trying to help promote the sport, get more people into it. Um, the area here, there's a ton of people that kayak fish, they just don't know about the competitive side, the tournament side. Um, so we were really trying to push that and, and try to, um, try to showcase it and, and, you know, really show people that you could get out there and really utilize the resources that we have. I mean, especially in this area, there are just so many lakes and so many bodies of water, uh, for people to really explore. And, uh, anyway, through, through all that and, and, uh, you know, doing the circuit and whatnot, we started kind of talking about the things that we like naturally as you do, you know, um, about rods that we liked experiences that we've had. Uh, we fished a lot together and kind of through that, this, this idea that, uh, that we could potentially come up with or tailor a rod to a kayak fisherman and to the experience that they want to have, um, kind of formed. And from that, we just started tinkering and started telling ourselves, you know, what is it that we would look for in a rod and, and what exactly we wanted and things that we didn't want. Um, and through, you know, 
probably over the course of an entire year with just trial and error and di trying different blanks and different products and different components, um, we whittled it down to, you know, what, what is essentially black line now. Well, and, and honestly, um, fishing, starting fish for everybody, fishing with kids or newbies, um, everybody's losing a rod and we wanted to get away from that. Um, with a tether system, we call it the NTA system that stands for not the abyss. Um, <laughs> I've we, we, a few times. <laughs> yeah, it's just horrible. Well, and with kids, I don't know how many times, you know, they're on the front of my kayak and they're either catching my rod or their rods just getting chucked way out there. And our water up here is cold. So you can't, yeah. you can't just dive in a lot of times, but um, yeah. So just, to, just, we, we wanted to put a rod together that we wanted as a kayak angler. That's cool. I'm going to pull yeah. this, I'm going to pull the graphic graphic up one more time, just because uh, let everybody on YouTube see this uh, pretty cool. Uh, pretty cool setup you guys have here. It looks like you guys have a short butt there too, right? Yeah. So um, yeah, we went, you know, I mean, most, some of the companies that are kind of producing other kayak rods at this point, you know, essentially what they've done is they've kind of created a little bit shorter of a handle and, and, and we see the value in that, you know, uh, especially from a seated position, things like that, mm -hmm. trying to maneuver the, the, the rod around so it doesn't snag your PFD. So mm -hmm. yeah, we went with a slightly shorter handle. Um, and uh, one of the things that we really worked on and really tried to refine, like I said, not only with the retention system, but the balance of the rod. So what you see there with the cap there at the end of it is essentially where you would leash the rod, but it also serves as a counterbalance. Um, oh. So with the short handle, now all of a sudden you bring that balance point back towards the real seat and you get a really comfortable kind of just, I don't know, it, it's, it's a really comfortable experience. It, it's just something that you almost, you just got to pick up a rod and, and throw a reel on it and go, mm -hmm. go fish with it for a little while. It's a, it's a lot of fun and, and it just feels really good in hand. I don't think I've ever seen one with a counterweight like that. Yeah. There's, yeah there's... So this was interesting. I was just at Lake Fork and a lot of the, the guys fishing the kayak tournament there, the bass open, um, we're taping weights, like literally duct taping weights to their, um, to their rods to get the right balance. So I, it was cool to hand them our rod and, you know, try this out. We're already balanced, but it's interesting to see that, you know, they're going through that length because especially in a kayak, you don't want it tipping forward. Um, yeah. Heck yeah. Yep. Um, you guys want to go over what it, um, uh what materials you use to make that end cap and what kind of weight did you have to utilize to get it to balance properly? You want Go me for to it, Tandy. Okay. Oh yeah. Um, Tandy, Tandy did some research on this. So <laughs> yeah. So it's, it's an aluminum cap. Um, and we kind of find, had to fine tune the weight with the amount of epoxy that goes in there. So um, it's, yeah, the the actual weight varies from cap to cap because we have bigger caps for bigger rods. But um, yeah, it's 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 trial and error, really. I mean, we had to go through a lot of end caps to get the right feel for each rod. Uh, I believe it. We've we've talked to other uh, rod manufacturers before, and we always ask the question: Do you have a kayak specific? Uh, rod and they're like oh well it's kind of hard to get the counterweight balance and just like i said a little bit ago it's i don't think i've seen one josh you might you might have you were going to say something but yeah there's a i mean i, I think i've even seen st croix has a yak series if i remember correctly um and i've seen a couple like smaller you know companies that have made them but nothing's really i'm and, you know it not that it's not taken off. It's just, you know, on a smaller scale, mm -hmm. but you know, I, I don't know. Like I've heard a lot of times that people will say that they, they prefer like just the standard, you know, mm -hmm. because they're like, well, I stand up anyway so much. So there's really kind of no reason to it. But, um, you know, for those kind of guys that not everybody is fishing like that, you know, you get out on some of these, big you know big lakes like the great lakes or if you're into ocean fishing and you know it's not always 
advisable to be standing up. So if right. you are where, and you know, and a lot of times they even say, if you're in big water and you're in a kayak, please don't use a self-inflate. Go ahead and put on an NRS or whatever, you know, where you don't have to worry about that. And, you know, as soon as you get one of those bulky PFDs on, you know, I mean, I, I'm, I'm always catching my PFDs with my rods. Yeah, me um, too. All, all the time. So, and, you know, I don't even throw like super long handled rods, but, you know, I've got a couple that are a little on the longer side. But, I mean, to be honest with you, even if I used a short one, I'd probably still somehow tangle <laughs> myself up. But uh, does, I was looking at that end cap. So, I'm assuming the tether is attaching on the bottom of that. And is it like, already installed the tether itself or is that something you could take on and off you can so take, it on, you can and take on. on go ahead scott <laughs> no sorry uh it, yeah it, it is something that you can take on and off so essentially it's been um we've kind of created it so that you would just kind of girth hitch it around uh but just exactly like that that's kind of on the screen you're just going to go ahead and, and girth hitch it around the cap um and it's a nice snug fit um and uh, yeah, no, it's it's pretty quick and easy. You know, we, we bring them in, we have a couple different sizes. So, you know, every rod ships out with a three and a half foot uh, tether initially. So, uh, you know, great for uh, being able to uh, cast seated if you want it in the back, just kind of keep your rod stored in the back just so you have a little bit of uh, security. You know, we've got a lot of guys that are like inshore fishermen that do a lot of red fishing with uh bass rods and things like that and and they prefer this especially when they're getting out there being able to leash their rods and such mm -hmm. um and then uh you know we have a longer five and a half foot uh that we would recommend if that was something that you wanted to do and you wanted to be able to stand and cast and then that's that option's out there as well what is that tether uh, material made out of it looks like some kind of nice uh flexible material yeah it's solid pvc oh wow Interesting. Heck yeah. That's yeah. awesome. It's a good idea. So um, do you have people that are like tethering while they're, you know, using the rod what to like their PFD? Yep. Yep. In fact, um, uh, a youngster did that on my kayak today while we were out. He just hooks it right to his, right to his kayak. The three, the three and a half foot is perfect for him. Um, and what's so cool about the tether is hooking to the bottom like that. It's totally out of the way of his, of casting, you know, the hand by the real seat, usually you have to hook it somewhere right there if you're going to tether. So yeah, it's just out of the way. Um, you can hook it anywhere you want. Never thought about doing that. That's, that's an interesting idea. I like it. Yep. Yeah. I and the handle itself. Mine doubled as a tow rope today too. <laughs> <laughs> that they're, they're that strong, huh? Uh, well, I wouldn't recommend it, but yeah. <laughs> that's awesome. Go ahead, Scott. What were you saying? Oh, I was just going to say too, you know, I, you know, for the guys that are kind of worried about how short the, the actual handle is. So when we kind of messed around quite a bit with the, the size of the handle itself, uh, we didn't take it to, uh, to an extreme. Uh, it's essentially on average about an inch to an inch and a half shorter than the average rod, just enough so that you're just kind of, as you're casting, you're not clipping yourself. So, we found that not to kind of work the best while still kind of giving that same feel. Uh, also having that full length handle, that was something else that playing around with like split grip versus full length handle. We felt like the full length made it almost feel like you had a full length handle. I mean, it just, I, at this point, I don't even notice a difference between the two. Right. Scott's a big jerk bait guy. And, um, the jerk bait <laughs> yeah, rod is, is phenomenal for that. I mean, it doesn't get caught under his arm, and it's it just works great for that. Well, you guys got jerk bait season all, all year long up here, don't you? Pretty much. Yeah. Well, <laughs> according to me. Even if it's not. <laughs> <laughs> I'll jerk bait all year. Well, that makes a lot of sense, though, because, I mean, I can see where this rod would really excel in – using baits or techniques where a lot of rod motion is needed. You know, you know, if you're just chucking out a whopper plopper and you're just reeling it back in, like who really cares what the length is, but if you're going to be sitting there using a jerk bait or, you know, something that's going to take a lot of side to side action like that, that's, that's mm -hmm. going to definitely, you know, prove to be 
a much better option than then sitting there throwing some of the full a full length handle you know like with the split grip or whatever you know let's get into um what kind of grip you guys are using too because i think that'll plays into the fact that it's a you know a shorter handle that you know it looks like you guys didn't you know you you went with a really good brand that a lot of people are familiar with when it comes to the grips Yeah, go ahead, Dandy. Okay. I'll let you. I'll let you. <laughs> um, so, yes, wind grip. Uh, we went with that. Um, Scott has a paddling background, so he grip was important to him. He knew the different feels and stuff like that. Um, I like the way it looks, and I like the reputation of wind. Um, we, we just didn't want to skimp out on any of our components. Uh, we could have thrown a cheap... EVA junk on there. Um, we wanted to get what we could and try to still keep the price down, you know, what's reasonable for people, but we didn't want to skimp out on any area of the rod. So the wind grips made sense. And the yeah, wind, wind grips are comfortable too. I mean, they're real nice and soft. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think that was kind of the big thing for us. You, essentially up here, you know, we fish a lot of cold water uh it, you know paddling uh for the years that i did uh you know you get drip on your hands your hands start to get cold you know you're releasing fish after a while you kind of just you know, your fingers get a little numb and being able to to be able to grab onto that grip and it kind of just kind of just molds to your hands uh that was a big deal for us that was something that not only was it just it was it was good in hand it felt good it felt secure uh, it didn't mm -hmm. feel like it was going to get slick after a while it didn't you know kind of eva you know, you catch enough and all of a sudden you kind of get that slime on it and it just kind of feels a little slick, but uh, it was just something that, you know, we really enjoyed the feel of. Uh, part of part of like when we kind of designed the rod, I mean, we, when I say like we, we obsessed over every little aspect of this rod, we really did. I, I mean, we, from the grip that like the tactile feel, so like that was really big to us was when somebody picked up the rod and put it in their hand, like how did it feel? How did it mold in your hand? Um, like the real seat, the real seat's a, a, a soft touch fabric. So, uh, it's got like a soft touch, uh, top coat over it, which has like this kind of cool, almost like leathery rubbery kind of feel mm -hmm. to it. So like the, the real seat and the handle, they, they kind of just mold together and they give you like this just kind of cool feel in hand that, you know, just feels really secure. Um, so we really kind of, uh, I would just say obsessed about every little detail about this and going back and back and forth. Uh, like I said, we had quite a few iterations in our, in our minds as far as where we wanted to take it. Um, but yeah, we, we had a lot of fun kind of playing around with each component. And we yeah. learned what was so eye opening to me is what I learned was a lot of rods. They're putting junk on there. <laughs> yeah. I mean, from at, uh, I learned the cost of real seats now and I learned the cost of grips, you know, and some of these rods that they're charging even the same price as ours, there's really, it's not justified, you know? Right. Yeah. I know, I know what you mean. I'm kind of excited. I'm sitting here looking at the rods and you guys have a feature that is like one of my favorite things on any fishing rod is where you have around the trigger, any type of like, exposure to that blank so you can feel that sensitivity that's pretty mm -hmm. cool that you guys incorporated that in there as well considering that you shortened up the uh the handle so so it's actually an insert um so when you touch that that piece it's an insert but um we've put an another piece inside of the rod when we actually build it mm -hmm. that comes in contact with that insert to actually move the vibration through that insert so a lot of times if you just epoxy, it's not going to catch that vibration, you know, unless you have the, the, the real blank, but that's an insert that does transfer the vibration. Oh, interesting. Awesome. Yeah. What, what kind of real seats are you guys using? Uh, sea guides. Okay. I don't know if I'm familiar with those or not. And what, what does, uh, What's the benefit for having a double locking nut? Because I've seen a lot where it's just single. So, yeah, I think the idea just being that over time, singles will tend to, you know, you always kind of have to go back and kind of, you know, rework them, kind of retighten them down. 
Um, the thought being that with a double locking, you're not really going to have that issue. It's not going to kind of back out on you over time. You know, repeated casts all day. If you're out on the water day after day, uh, you can put it in there, keep it secure, and you're not having to kind of worry about it. It just keeps everything nice. Um, like I said, you know, it is one of those, it's a small, it's a small feature that, you know, you feel like, um, it's just one of those things that we wanted to add to it, that we wanted to have like that, just a little bit extra, you know, when we, when we, we have something that we wanted on all of our rods that we didn't want to have to constantly go back through and tighten it and play around with it. Um, right. so yeah. Well, and kayak, kayak anglers are not easy on their gear. So yeah. No. <laughs> <laughs> we we wanted to make it just anything we could add extra to kind of beef it up. I mean, yeah. we love we love shutting them in car doors and all doors <laughs> and stepping on them on the deck of your kayak, cramming them into the truck or using them to push off. <laughs> I haven't done that yet, Tandy, but you know, I have. I never say never, right? But um. Oh man. Um, I, I broke one in a door last year. I broke another one with a catfish. I've thrown three rods into the water. I threw, I lost my favorite rod the first time I took my kayak out. I should have known oh, <laughs> first time ever out on my kayak that I, my first one I bought out in Akusa over there by, uh, Oh gosh, what's it? East, uh, East Lake. What is it called? Brian? Eastwood. Eastwood Lake. Yeah. And um, it was in, I had it in a little holder and it has the bungees on it and I didn't bungee it properly. And I was paddling. I hit the, the handles to the uh, spinning reel and pulled it right out and, psh, and it could have fallen in a worse place either, man. It was literally <laughs> in like 10 feet of water, but everything underneath like, is just sticks, sticks and limbs. That the whole side of that lake is sticks and limbs. So I'm like, if even if I graft it and found it, it's gonna look like everything else that's underneath me right now. So I know. Yeah. So I've lost a few in like only a few feet of water, but it's all slime. So I'm not going down there. <laughs> yeah. I might send my son, but <laughs> I I, yeah. I saw recently uh, a story somebody was talking about in our. Uh, uh, local trail group that they lost some rods. They were going to go get some scuba gear and go after them. I was like, really? That's dedication, <laughs> man. <laughs> well, a lot of these rods have a lot yeah. of money wrapped in them, right? That's yeah, that's true. Yeah. Yeah. Luckily, the ones I've lost weren't super expensive. I mean, but you think about it, like even like a, a medium price range, you're still kind of sad, you know? It's like, oh, dude, yeah. You know, like it's like two or three hundred dollars down the drain. You're like, that sucks, <laughs> dude. <laughs> I got mad that I broke a sixty dollar rod. Well, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah no, I uh, <laughs> my actually my first tournament. So I was fishing. Uh, it was my first tournament. I was all excited. I was out there, caught my first fish in the tournament. It was a KBF uh, monthly, and I was trying to figure everything out, trying to figure out the board and. I reached behind me, set the rod, what I thought was back, and before I know it, the thing was over. So my very first introduction to tournament fishing was losing a rod on my very first oh, fish. Man. So, <laughs> yeah. yeah. That'd be rough. Yeah. yeah. At that point, you kind of like, why am I doing this? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Or how much is yeah. it going to cost me? Yeah. Yeah, there's $300 right there. <laughs> yeah. Then, then you know you got you're like, I got to win this tournament now. Let's get into um the blanks. What kind of blanks are you guys using? You want to elaborate on you know what's making these stand out above the rest? That is Scott's story. Yeah, so <laughs> yeah, I kind of nerd out on all of this stuff. Uh <laughs> so um yeah, we we kind of played around with a lot of different blanks. Um we we tested a lot. We kind of started looking at materials, whether we were going to go glass, we were going to go composite. Composite was a big one. Um, or if we were going to try to go 100% graphite and just stick with that. Um, and through it, we found that, you know, a lot of the graphite rods, we really liked the, the lightness of it. We liked mm -hmm. the, the response that we were getting. Um, but part of the problem that we kind of had was that 
they just were a bit too stiff. So, you know, when you get a fish close to the boat uh, and you're trying to net it and it's right there, right next to you, it just didn't have necessarily enough bend in it or you end up losing a fish on it when they go to jump. And you, it's just, it was frustrating. We were, we, we, we tried a number of different blanks. And so through kind of going around and looking, we kind of settled on and, and tried and true. They've done a lot of R&D work, uh, but we, we settled on the, uh, the St. Croix SD4, which is the Legend Tournament Series. Uh, rod blank so it's a, a fantastic blank uh, it's 100% graphite but it's got a it's got a great bend it's super responsive um, and we just really liked it everyone that we handed it to every every test we had just people came away just impressed with it so it was uh, the one we settled on for for black line nice okay and you, I mean most anglers are familiar with St. Croix and like how popular that line of rods is. And, you know, I've, I hear nothing but good things. I've personally never gotten a fish with one yet. Um, I'd like to someday, but I've, I've heard nothing but good things about it. So it's really cool. You guys are address. What's that? You need to send us your address. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) But, um, it's, um, I, I, I'm just impressed really by what you guys are doing with this. You know, this, this could be, I don't want to say like a gimmick type thing. Um, it could be like one of those things you're like, Oh, well we were making rods, you know, for kayaks, but we're just going to just shorten a rod button. We're going to use super cheap components and see if we can make a profit out of this just because we're making it, you know, kayak specific. You guys are using really, really good. Well, you know, well-known in the industry components and that's really cool. You know, Mm -hmm. um, I commend you for that because, you know, it's, it would be easy to go the other direction with it, you know, and, um, it's, you guys are wanting to make something that you're proud of that you'd be willing to use, you know, and you would, you feel comfortable selling to people knowing that here's a, you know, a high performance rod. This isn't just a kayak thing. This is a, this is an angling thing. You know, this is a, a fishing thing. You guys are really, you put a lot of thought into it as, as, Scott said he definitely fishing nerded it out. So, <laughs> yeah, it, it, you know, to be to be honest, like we understand, like we're not saying that, you know, uh, you've got to use a kayak specific rod in order to go out there. Obviously, that's not the case. Uh, right. What we're trying to do is create a tailored experience. Right. So mm-hmm. uh, much like, uh, you know, if you're going to go out and you're a paddler, you could choose a touring paddle you know, with a, with a touring blade, if you really wanted to, if you're going to go long distance, but a kayak fisherman who's paddling doesn't necessarily want to use that kind of a paddle, right? So they might go for the one that's designed for kayak fishing. That's a little bit wider, gives you a little bit more burst, a little bit more power. Um, same thing with like vests, you know, whether it's an NRS that's made with the pockets and the things that kind of make, t- you know, uh, kayak fishing a little bit more enjoyable and give you a little bit more accessories and, and kind of tailor it. It's the same thing, right? We're, we're trying to give you a rod that essentially is uh, tailored for a kayak fisherman. That's more comfortable for a fi- uh, kayak fisherman, but at the same time, uh, you know, it's it, it just um, it's just a kind of a nice like overall experience with high quality components. That was the other thing too, is just making sure like you know, like you said, we like we didn't cheap out on the components. We wanted to give you like the absolute best that we could find in all categories. Well, and, and we, we love the kayak community. I mean, we're entrenched in it ourselves. So to hear back from fellow anglers on what they want, like right now I'm building a swim bait rod for a friend that, um, you know, he's able to tell me exactly what he wants and, mm-hmm. and kind of just know exactly what he is thinking when he wants, says he wants the parabolic bend. And mm-hmm. so it's just, we care about the kayak community too. So and that that's cool too because it seems like a a lot of people that are in the industry in the kayak uh fishing industry they're also part of the community and that's what makes it awesome i can't tell you how many people me and josh have talked to on the show that they go out and fish their local trails and they build something for the anglers in the trail which is pretty sweet yeah Mm -hmm. i think we, we actually we just talked to uh the guy last night or two days ago <laughs> i forget <laughs> who am i thinking of <laughs> it just slipped my mind 
<laughs> innovative sportsman. Yeah, he talked hey. to Trey Leach, you know, the yeah. innovative sportsman. He makes the uh, torpedo mounting accessories and the rock guard and that sort of thing. But I mean, he wasn't even he wasn't even really into kayak fishing when he got introduced to it. He got right. approached to make some stuff for Jeff Little, and um, boom, he got into it. I guess, and it's a pretty cool story. But yeah, it's um, you know, that's the beauty of the the community as a whole. You know, I mean, it's got its ups and ups and downs, just like any group of people do. But um, you know, it's it's cool to see that people take it seriously and it's really neat. I, what my bit, my favorite thing is, is to see people forming companies out of the passion that they have for this. Mm-hmm. It's something that I wish and hope to do someday myself. I just have no good ideas so. <laughs> <laughs> or any, or any original ones at that. But um, you know, it's, it's, it's really cool to see people do that. You know, you take a passion and you, can form work out of it, you know, and it makes it that much more enjoyable when you enjoy what you're doing and it makes it, it makes it easier to go to work every day, that sort of thing. So, but let's get into the guides. Cause I have a question in regards yes. to guides and I keep asking all of everybody that we talk to that builds rods. Um, this is my new thing. And, but go ahead and tell us about the rods. Um, I see you have, guides. Yeah, guides. I'm sorry. Um, I'm staring at yak rods real big, but um, I can't even think. I want to know what your question is. All right, well, you get. Let's go ahead well, and talk. You guys tell us about what guides you're using and what the thought behind that was. Scott, you want to do it? Uh, yeah, take- sure. So, um, essentially, we're using the microwave air guides. Uh, so we. We kind of, we looked around, you know, we looked at Fuji, we looked at a bunch of different ones. Like I said, we kind of fussed over a lot of a lot of the components of the rod. And this is the one that for us kept coming coming up over and over and over again. Um, you know, it's been big in the custom rod community for a long, long time. Um, and uh, they're super popular. They just kind of necessarily haven't migrated over. I think you're starting to see them now. I think Cashin's got some now on some of their rods and such. And and there might be a few here and there, but for the most part, it's not really, uh, hasn't really fully migrated over to the mainstream. What I really liked when we ended up speaking with this company and we really kind of diving into it was essentially that they offered kind of the, um, kind of two ways that they went about it. Right. So, um, you know, you can essentially, when you're talking about your guides, you can try to reduce line slap. So uh, if you want to improve casting distance, accuracy, things like that, you can reduce line slap. Uh, that's going to be your biggest return. Uh, or you can polish the inside ring and try to get that ultra fine polish uh, to try to reduce, you know, the friction of the line going through it, right? So there's two ways you can kind of tackle it. For us, what we found like, or what we found was that essentially that we felt that the microwave air guide system provided the most bang for your buck. It's going to get you out there. Uh, it, it's probably the most comprehensive uh system for reducing line slap which is what we felt like ultimately was going to give us that that casting and performance improvement it's interesting that's what caught my eye when i first pulled these up i was like oh they got microwave guides on those i had a rod that had microwave guides on it and i was going to mention the line slapping thing it is incredible how smooth line comes through that guide it blew my mind um, so that is the number one feedback we have on our rods is I can cast this thing a mile. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You, I mean, like the first time I cast it, I, th- I threw it way too far. I was like, wow. Yeah. <laughs> like it, it's a noticeable difference. It's, it's crazy. Yeah. No, it, it really is. Even in the wind, I was in the wind a couple days ago and didn't expect to be okay. And it just threw it out there. Yeah. And uh, the American Tackle actually does a video on YouTube. You can find they do a uh, side-by-side comparison with a microwave guide and a regular one. And you see the line just going through that guide real nice and nice and tight through the microwave guide. And on the other rod, it just slaps the rod and it's crazy. I like it. Yeah. I knew you'd notice that right away, Brian. Yeah. (laughs) Well, I mean, I, I heard about it for like the last three years or something from John, John Graves. So, Finally checked one out. I was like, wow. 
Hey, do they have a yeah. patent on that design? I'm assuming they do, right? Yes. That can't be your new business. Yeah. <laughs> 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 Almost. I'll Sorry. Just like, <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, right. Josh, you're stuck behind the mic. I know, dude. I'm just sitting there like, we're still working on people's lawns. <laughs> but, um... Uh, so here's my question. Um, have you guys tried this yet? Um, I've, I have a few friends have talked about this before of where they're taking the guides on casting rods and having it twist to the bottom spiral of run. the rod. Yeah, spiral mm -hmm. run. Yeah, so uh, yes. Um, this is Tandy and I went back and forth on this quite a bit. Um, so... <laughs> I love the premise of the spiral wrap. I, I think it is such a cool thing. Um, we really contemplated it for the rods and it was just something that we felt like was maybe a little too far out there um, for the for the general market. It was something that I, I think I, it makes sense, uh, especially, I mean. I know a lot of walleye fishermen use it. Yeah, it, it, I think it really depends on the application. It makes sense yeah. in certain applications, and uh, it's a really cool concept. Um, and I just think that it might be a hair too far out there right now for mainstream, but mm -hmm. uh, I can definitely see it being utilized in, in certain ways. Yeah, yeah, I've never yeah. actually seen one in person. Well, Brad, you have, but you just aren't realizing what you're looking at, and it's really big in saltwater fishing. Like, okay. So um, when you see those big uh, casting setups where they've chucked out a huge bay and they got the huge thing set up, if you look closely, you'll see the uh, guides um, twist and th that wrap happens. And it's, you know, there's there's reasons behind it. Um, from what I understand, it helps like with maybe the strength of the rod. I don't know. Like it's, I guess I, I, I'm not a hundred percent sure of not necessarily the strength of the rod, but um, maybe you can elaborate on it, Scott. I've heard different kind of scenarios with it. So, so essentially it's kind of torque, right? So uh, the way that you wrap it, depending on the, the way, if you're left or right-handed and where your handles at, it's supposed to help with the torque of the rod. So one of the things that they've noticed like in, in saltwater fishing, which is why it's popular in saltwater fishing, is you don't necessarily want to have all that torque going in one direction. You want to try to equal out the rod as much as you can, especially when you have a really big fish on there. So that was kind of the premise behind it, essentially, was to try to do that. Um, you know, some people say it'll improve casting distance. Uh, there's so many variables to it, too. I mean, there's, there's spiral wraps where they start off and they immediately transition underneath the rod. And then there's spiral wraps where they take a little bit longer of a tr transition. Uh, so there's a lot of different things so that you can kind of do to really play around with it. I know uh, we've kicked around the idea of messing around with it on like swim bait rods and things like that for like Magnum swim bait rods, chucking out like big, you know, five, six ounce swim baits. Um, but, uh, you know, not something necessarily that we've kind of really settled on, but it's a really cool premise if, if the application is, is right. Mm -hmm. Right. Do you, so if somebody comes to you and wants, wants a spiral wrap, would you do it for them? I wouldn't wrap it just because I'm not, um, competent. Okay. I, I, if, if I did a couple years of trial and error. And I, I think if, if I practiced a lot, I, I would, but I'm not going to wing it. Yeah. I know what you mean. Makes sense. Yeah. That's the hard part without really knowing the, the, the right spacing and the right transition and the right angles that we want to take on it. It, it would be difficult to, I would feel bad. I think if we, if we sent somebody a product that we just weren't a hundred percent certain of. Yeah. So I gotcha. You could go, buy you guys some cheap GX2 ugly sticks and you can practice and send them to Brad. <laughs> I, I would use them too. <laughs> Heck yeah. I mean, I've heard, I've heard nothing but good things. I've heard people who have had custom rods made like that. And I've never really heard anything negative about it so far. So, hmm. But I like yeah. to ask everybody who's into rod, you know, rod building, that sort of thing. I, I like to ask about it because I thought it was super interesting because 
I when somebody first mentioned it to me, I was like, "What? Like, what are you talking about?" He's like, "You've seen it. You just don't notice that you've seen it. But if you watch, you know, any most saltwater fishermen are using, you know, especially with the like you said, the big game type stuff. Like it's it's a lot of times it's their uh, guides are wrapped and uh, they're spiraled down. And I'm like, and then I started watching. I'm like, he's totally right. Never realized it. And, um, you know, I, he pointed out some, you know, different aspects about it and, and the ones that Scott mentioned. So it was the same things I had heard. So it's just kind of cool to ask people about it and see what their take is. Cause I know, and that's usually what it is. They're like, we would definitely be willing to try it, but it's like, is it marketable? Like right now, you know, at this point until like, is it worth the, you know, R and D of it and, you know, yeah, maybe we do this, but how much money do we spend trying to perfect this versus how many rods do we actually end up selling? You know, because mm-hmm. most most people are a little uh, against change. So, you know, it's like, oh, well, I've done it this way for so long. So why would I switch up now, you know, or try something different? So yep. that little guy yeah, tip telling back there is adorable. <laughs> <laughs> you see him? Sneaking out, sneaking up on you. (laughs) Yeah, I I think that the premise is really interesting, especially. I mean, if you you kind of imagine right that the um, like a spinning rod, right? You're not necessarily fighting the blank to keep a fish pegged. You know, it's it's really it's you've got that you've got that nice bend, you've got everything going on for you, and you really are able to on spinning rods. I feel like most times able to keep a fish peg fairly easily, and I I feel like part of that's you're not fighting the blank itself. So I almost I almost think that that would be one of the one of the biggest attributes that it could offer to bass fishermen potentially in the casting world is that. Uh, yeah, that ability to kind of keep a fish pegged, you know, you're not fighting the blank overall, you know, I, I think that that could be a really interesting concept. I, I would worry a little bit about um, braid and things like that being maybe a hair bit too abrasive repeatedly. Uh, I think you'd have to find the right tip, but yeah, it could be really cool. I definitely would, I, I would love to see it. I think it's a super, super interesting concept and, you know, yeah. maybe something we'll, we'll explore one of these days. It is interesting. It looks cool. <laughs> um, I guess we we talk about customization of the 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 rod itself. Do you guys put uh, if somebody wants their name on it or something? Do you guys do that? So we don't really customize right now. Um, that's kind of our we're it slows production down. And mm-hmm. right now we've had, uh, we've been pretty fortunate that the demand that we've had is, has been phenomenal. And the support that we've had has been just, it's been mind blowing. I think for us, you know, coming out, we were just kind of expecting just, you know, a couple here, a couple there. And, and we were just going to see how it went. You know, we really didn't have any, uh, I guess, huge aspirations, you know, uh, right. um, and they have we the, the support okay that we, we have. Just got stuck. We, we were okay if we just got stuck <laughs> with a bunch of rods. Yeah. <laughs> Heck yeah, I'd be happy with that. Yeah. Yeah. Especially those. No, so I mean, yeah, yeah, no kidding. Um, no, I, I, I think that uh, you know where we're at right now with with the the demand that we've had. Just it it really would slow it down quite a bit for us to try to tailor it to mm-hmm. you know those kind of those little little details. Um, the rod I'm doing is for one of our advocates. Just to throw the names out, we have the Duggar Boys and Jim Cross, um, Justin, Ivan, Coley. We have a bunch of advocates that have bought our rods um, at, a, at a slight discount. So they're actually throwing out a big chunk of money themselves, but also trying them out and then, you know, showing other people and offering other people a discount. So the rod I'm making is for Dan Hickson. He's a big um, swim bait guy, so he wants a big beefy rod that's going to be kind of fun. Here's where you he can practice the spiral. He asked <laughs> about it. Did he yeah. ask you about you know, it? I, yeah. I don't feel comfortable doing it yet. <laughs> I mean, I can make him spin yeah. around the rod. <laughs> that's funny. Yeah, we're... 
that's kind of one of the cool things that now, so over this last year, what we've really done is like really focused on like, okay, what is black line and, and, and what is that going to entail and, and what techniques can, you know, is that going to cover? And now that we kind of nailed that down and we feel a little comfortable with it, the lines, you know, the lines set, now we get to have fun. So like now it's like, now we're going in and we're, we're creating specialty rods and we're starting to really play around with like different unique things that we can kind of come up with and, and start looking at different blanks and, you know, different manufacturers and really start kind of getting out there and really toying with uh, what, where we can kind of take things here in the future. So this wind vapor rod being a, a good example of something that we'll be, you know, kind of playing around with and hopefully releasing sometime this year. Interesting. Are you talking about uh, bigger swim baits, I suppose, right? Yeah. Like three to eight ounce. Yeah. that That's I, cool. I don't know if I know a kayak specific rod that can throw those kind of things. You know what I mean? So if for those who are interested, um, the black line, they have one, two, six rods or am I eight? Am I scrolling too fast? Six or eight in that series? Six. Six, six of them. Okay. So they are, they have different techniques here. They have drop shot finesse, spinnerbait, topwater rod, um, net rig, light finesse, uh, light crankbaits, jerkbaits, uh, crankbaits, treble hook, um, as well as frog flip and small swim baits. Um, these are some sharp looking rods. Um, I'm a huge fan of flat black, so you guys already got me there. But um, I've always heard are, are are they are they a matte finish? Are, are, you guys, are your guys' rods like a matte finish instead of gloss? No, they're gloss. Okay. I, yeah, Chris, the reason why I've, I ask is because I heard somebody say that matte finish is more sensitive. I don't know if that was true or not. I, I don't. I personally, I would think that the the amount. So I, I guess okay. This, I've got a lot of things rattling around in my head right now. <laughs> you keep tapping into us, fishing nerd. He's like, yes. Uh, this is this is like I'm like okay. What, what how do I want to tackle? Nerd out, nerd I, out. I don't <laughs> I don't think that you're you're going to see a loss that big of a loss of sensitivity. Mm -hmm. The amount the the kind of top coat that they're putting on is is so. I mean, they're not gooping this thing on. Uh, mm -hmm. You know, the guys that talk about the difference in like weight. So the two arguments that I've heard I've heard sensitivity and I've heard weight. Those mm -hmm. those being the two, right? Uh, so. Honestly, the amount that you're talking about, it, it's so, so minute that it wouldn't right. even, I don't even think you would register it. On the flip side of that, though, let's talk about, well, you, you start talking about graphite, right? So mm -hmm. part of the problem with that you end up running into with graphite on occasion is that, you know, it's, it's super sensitive, uh, you know, really responsive. But part of the problems that you run into with it is that if you're, you slice into it, you cut it, you bay it, bash it, things yeah, like that. You damage the fibers. Exactly. Mm -hmm. You damage the fibers and then you've lost your structural integrity of the rod. So, you know, that top coat just provides you a little bit more protection overall. So that was, you know, ultimately why we ended up settling on that and not going with that, you know, kind of matte finish that everyone's kind of doing right now. That's a lot of the, you know, the premium lines have that matte finish and, and we were initially looking at that, but because it's cheaper, it would be cheaper for us to get the matte finish. Right. Okay. Yeah. So my comment, erase it. It's not matte black. It looked like it in the picture, but now that I'm looking at zooming in on it, I'm like, oh wait, it's not. You guys are right. But no, that totally makes sense because I can't tell you how many rods I have probably literally broken just from nicking it against another mm -hmm. rod and not even realizing it. And then you hook into a fish and snap it and you're like, Oh, why did that happen? And it's like, we're kayak anglers. We beat the daylights out of our gear. And you know, that makes complete sense. That little bit extra coating is, you know, going to take the brunt of that simple Nick as opposed to the actual fibers and the blank itself. So that makes a lot of sense. Yeah, just a little bit of br abrasion resistance. Any anywhere you can get it. Like I said, it's just whatever you can do to just try to give a little bit more value on the rod and and, and you know, yeah. <laughs> Nerd. 
that's funny i think the last the last thing i have josh might have some more here but i talk about the warranty a little bit i'll let you go danny i've been talking too much i'll let you um we want to stand behind our gear and we want people to be lifers so um i you know we had an issue just this week that I was able to rectify with a brand new rod. I mean, we just want to, we want to go above and beyond issues. So if somebody's dropping, you know, 300 bucks, we want them to know that it's, if, if there's, if it's, if it's a fault of ours, we're going to take care of it for them, you know? So yeah. (laughs) Nice. That's awesome. I mean, you know, you guys are building a quality product and you care about it. So, you know, I, it'd be safe to assume that you guys are going to stand behind your products and, you know, rectify any manufacturing issues that may come about, you know, come about. So, you know, it's, um, you know, and the thing is, to be honest with you, like, we all have to be honest with ourselves too. Like, let's not put blame where blame's not due. I've seen guys break rods and then look at me and say, I don't understand why that broke. And I'll be like, I'll tell you exactly why you threw in that tree and you proceeded to whip it for 30 minutes until (laughs) the rod broke. (laughs) So I'm just going to throw that out there. I think it's your fault and not the rod company. It's kind of crazy, but you know, like I don't think it's meant to go back and forth in extreme bend like this. As you know, fast and, and hard as you can go. So that's that's what we're kind of banking on is that most people have integrity. I don't. I think there's uh, there's people that are going to send us junk that they broke in half and you know that they did it. And but for, for the most part, we trust the community. We um we want to stand. And most of our components, like American Tackle, um, the end caps, the end caps are made here in Idaho. Um, just down the street. So we're buying things locally um, from companies that stand behind the product too. So, so we just, we, we just want to serve our, our community. I can't. That's yeah. Great. And that's the thing. I, I mean, I feel like, you know, we, we take great lengths with, you know, the components and everything that we've done, but at the same time too, like we static test all these rods before we ship them out, we test them. You know, we, we, we look over, all the components, we look over the finish of it, we look over every little aspect of it be- before we send it out to make sure that there's no, you know, kind of craftsmanship or uh, defects in the manufacturing so that we can catch that. I mean, generally speaking, when you load that rod, you know, the first couple times, if it doesn't snap, it's not going to snap unless you've got some sort of cut or nick or something like that that's going to cause it, um, you know. It, it, it'll fail on you the first, the first, you know, couple bends on that. And so, you know, we really kind of, we test a lot of them, you know, we make sure that, you know, before we send it out, that it's, it's been thoroughly vetted. And um, like I said, you know, it's reputations, everything in the community. Um, and we want to be able to stand behind our products. And at the same time, want to be able to offer a warranty and a product to, you know, the, the anglers that are using our, our stuff and, and something that they can, they can feel comfortable with, you know, I mean, it's an investment, right? I mean, you're spending $295 on a rod, Mm-hmm. Uh, it's a tool, you know, and that's how I look at it, right? Is, you know, a fishing rod is essentially a tool. You, you enjoy your sport, you enjoy your hobby. You want to go out there and, and you want to be able to compete or you want to be able to, to fish for fun and, and be able to uh, enjoy it as much as you can. Uh, the equipment that you take out there with you, you know, over time, you kind of just slowly, slowly build up and you want to get to that top notch thing. And that's, you know, where we want to be able to offer is, is to have that high quality, uh, experience, but at the same time, you know, give you that peace of mind, you know, like, okay, cool. They're going to stand behind their product and, and, and back me if something were to happen. So, yeah, we have, we have a guy right now that just loves the Ned rig rod. Um, he, he loves it. I mean, and if anything ever went wrong with that on our end, you know, I'd feel horrible because he, he absolutely loves this rod. He's never, he's a big Ned fisherman and he's never used such a good Ned rod. Our, our Ned Rogs is a little different, so it's a unique experience. But, I mean, if something goes wrong with that rod, we're going to take care of him, you know? Yeah, awesome. I, I love the Ned Rig. It's fun. <laughs> <laughs> well, tell us what's what's different about the Ned Rig rod that you guys are making. It's kind of it's kind of a secret. Um, oh, oh, oh. It's, a, it's a little bit 
it's a little bit different. Scott's like, yeah, don't tell us. <laughs> it's got a hundred percent nerdy all over it. <laughs> cool. That's awesome. Cool. Well, yeah. um, I think we'll wrap it up here. Um, I, is there anything else you guys would like to add before we uh, end the show? No, I mean, I appreciate you guys having us on. Uh, if, if you have any questions, I, I feel free to reach out to us. Uh, you can you know, email us at hello at Yakrods. We, you know, we have our uh, you know, social media handles at Yakrods. Uh, feel free. If you, you, know, you have any questions, anything you want to ask us, you know, we're – more than willing to engage. Like I said, we're active in the community and, and we're happy to, to, to chat about the rods. Sweet. Hey, we appreciate you guys' show. Well, I appreciate you guys taking the time to come on the uh, final cast and talk about yak rods. And, you know, I wish you guys continued success with the company and I'll be excited to see what else you guys bring to the table. Let us know when you uh, build this, giant big ass swim bait rod i'd like to brag about it <laughs> especially when you put the sp the spiral guides on it <laughs> we'll, we'll, use, we'll use your guides okay <laughs> but um brad did you have anything else bud nope we're good all right thanks guys not a problem yeah, um you. this uh episode is going to be yeah it's going to be a couple weeks after the fact so well, hey um, hold on i was going to say that uh th this is going to be after dale hollow trip so i was yeah. going to ask how was your trip mm, i don't know yet <laughs> <laughs> we'll see but um yeah so thank you very much for coming on and um like I said before, if you guys ever want to come back on, you want to talk about anything new that you guys are doing, you're always more than welcome to come back. Uh, feel free to just reach out to us. And um, with that, we'll wrap it up. And we'll see you guys next Thursday on the final cast. Thank you. Thanks. See you. Thanks Thank for you. tuning in to another killer episode on Paddle in Finn. Don't forget to go check out our website at Paddle, the letter N, and Finn.com. Don't forget to check out the YouTube channel at Paddle and Finn. If you got a question, comment, want to hear from a future guest on a future episode, feel free to email us at Paddle, the letter N, and Finn at gmail.com. Don't forget to follow us on social media at Paddle and Finn on Facebook and Instagram. Shout out to our show supporters, Angler, the Angler Button and app just makes for a better time on the water and creates a virtual logbook for every fishing outing out on the water. Shout out to Rocktown Adventures, located in Northern Illinois, for all your kayaking, camping, and hiking needs. Shout out to Jigmasters Jigs. When in doubt, get the jig out. Go to jigmasters.com 